0: thank you for sharing your Sunday with us, even though it's not such a nice day outside, at least it isn't snow. This is WVON 1690 AM, The Talk and the Top of Chicago. I am Chinta Strasburg, producer and host of the On the Case program. That's the name of our show, On the Case. My co-host is Ken Hunley, publisher of the 316 Magazine. I am editor-in-chief of that 10-year-old... Gospel Magazine, that is more than that is more than in 1,000 black churches and still growing. Good afternoon, Kent.
1: Good afternoon, Shinta, and the On the Case listeners on WVON.
0: Always good to see you. WVON's call-in number is 312-374-8130, and your comments and questions are always welcome. Kent and I thank our sponsor, Dr. Zenobia sowell She's located at 1122 North Clark Street, where she has been for several decades. Dr. Sowell has the latest dental equipment, but more important, Dr. Sowell, who, by the way, is my dentist, doesn't hurt you. Uh, to make an appointment, call 312-944-9355, and I can tell you she doesn't hurt you, because two weeks ago, I had laser surgery, and my face wasn't swollen, and I had no pain. She gave me no medication or anything, and I went, to, um, went back to work, and I ate. I love it. Kent and I send our condolences to the family of Reverend Clay Evans, a man who stood up and against the machine rather than to be a sellout. We thank you for for your integrity and your superior guidance for hundreds of people, especially the ministers you personally groomed, like the Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., and that is his pastor, at least that was his pastor. We thank our condolences to the family of Father George Clements, who also stood up against the archdiocese and adopted four black boys. He went to jail many times with Father Flager. They were twins in crime, fighting against a myriad of injustices. We thank you for your integrity. The Rainbow Push Coalition headquarters, located at 930 East 50th Street, will be closed Saturday, December the 7th out of respect for the death of Reverend Clay Evans, who was the founding chairman of that historic civil rights organization. Instead, the entire Rainbow Push Coalition staff will be at the Apostolic Faith Church that's located at 39th in Indiana at 8 a.m. for Reverend Clay Evans' funeral. Please spread the word, and I hope you all come to say a farewell to a great, great minister, a man of God. Uh, for those who don't know when Reverend Clay Evans' funeral will be, here are the arrangements. Visitation is going to be Friday, December the 6th, 12 noon to 7 p.m. Uh, there's going to be musical at 7 p.m. The place is going to be Fellowship Baptist Church, 45th Place and Princeton Avenue. And, of course, you know Reverend Evans founded that uh, historic church 50 years ago. Services will be, uh, funeral services will be Saturday, December the 7th, 8 a.m., that's going to be the wake, and then the funeral, 9 a.m. at Apostolic Faith Church, 3823 South Indiana Avenue. Interment will be Burr Oak Cemetery, 4400 West 127th Street in Alsip, Illinois. So spread the word on that. Now, yesterday, I accompanied Johnny Savory uh, at fifty first and Federal. This is a viaduct, and you have to go by and see it uh, not to look at it as a spectacle, but to really understand homelessness in Chicago on both sides of that uh, viaduct. you see n- a number of tents, and those who didn 't have tents, they had piles of blankets they 're actually living there. This is their home. This is a shame. I also accompanied Reverend Jackson to uh, on Thanksgiving Day to Tent City. And you say, whoa, I never heard of that neighborhood. It's a neighborhood, all right. It's a neighborhood for the, for the homeless. It is located just off of uh, Roosevelt Road and the Eisenhower Expressway on a strip of grassland, and they have kerosene stoves there, they're, they're asking for tents because the wind was so high. Some of the, the tents are destroyed. They live there. No one should be homeless in Chicago. No one should be homeless in America, as much money as we have. So we need to make homelessness a number one issue, that and fighting crime. So um, we have – Clint, is your guest online yet?
1: My, my guest actually um, has um – He should be calling in now. He should be contacting us. All right. Well, right now
0: we have Commissioner Medley on the line. Before we get to uh, Jim and um, what is that, Melvin? I can't see. Can you, Melvin?
1: It's like Melvin.
0: Melvin. Okay. We, um, Commissioner Medley.
2: Commissioner Medley.
1: Yes.
0: Hi. Hi. Good. Good afternoon. How are you?
2: Yeah. uh, Gentle, my lawyer said he had some more information uh, that he wanted to get. See. Uh, the whole thing is he knows, and we have all this preparatory information shows that I'm not guilty of any crime and uh, of this me. I mean. And uh, he have got it from the judge and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Let's see, what I have supported, all the civil rights organizations, wrongful conviction organizations, NAAC, PUSH, you name them. Reverend, uh, I mean, anyway I' not all of them, and uh, they have stopped supporting me here. I don't know why, and it really bothers me because I'm a. i am I read the Proverbs twenty three one says a good name is worth more than silver or gold, and I'm not going to let that go by. I have not done this crime, and I'm a uh, World War Two veteran, ninety two years old, and now it's. Getting older, and I don't like it that my church uh, supposed to be a deacon, and the deacon got up and made this statement that I was a felon. Well, I'm not a felon, and I want to clear this. So, so I, I have tried. Can, can to... you, commissioner?
0: Commissioner, can you ex- briefly explain what you're you're accused of doing?
2: I'm accused of taking some money from a vendor. <laughs>
0: From a CTA vendor, yes,
2: CTA vendor. The way his exculpatory information, quote, Judge Kokoros, uh, he's the presiding judge, He said it wasn't introduced. They had it and didn't introduce it. Uh, other eminent lawyers says they don't know why that uh, exculpatory, quote him, exculpatory information like this should be given to the jury. They withheld it from the jury. Now, I I know why they did it, but uh let my lawyer tell you. They just, you know, we have all kind of, some people here have all, all kind of deals. Well, there's a little deal here. I was supposed Harold Washington had just made me chairman of the Chicago Transit Authority, which is over 13,000 employees, a billion-dollar budget. And the racially motivated persons uh, here had said that they did not want me, a black, black person, to have this authority. Well, they'll give it to a black, Uncle Tom Black, but I'm not Uncle Tom. No, I'm not going to be one. But anyway, they withheld it during the trial. And it was the U.S. attorney and two other persons in the CTA that just told her before he did it that he they they, they weren't going to let him do it. And Harold said, you kidding this man? All the only way I'm going to get CTA to operate the way I want it, Medley going to have to take it. He said, you're going to have to And they stood by those, they made up a lot of little fabrications there. But everything proves, even the mayor person, they said that I had to pay. So I said, no, that man never talked to me about anything like that. So that man made it clear at the beginning that if I do anything, any kind of way at all, he's going to vote against me. And uh, he made that clear. He said, I can't lie for that man. But anyway, the whole thing is I want my lawyer to handle it. But the whole thing is because it was, uh, I sent to the, uh, well, the other president he was, during the president, Tony uh, Jared. I mean, uh, Congressman Davis went to uh, Senator Durbin, Dick Durbin, showed him this information. Boy, he called me and said, Madeline, I'm sorry, I didn't know this was, oh, boy, I'm going to take care of this, ah, da, da, da. But when he saw it came from the racially motivated persons that did it, he didn't do nothing, nothing been done. And as I say I'll be repetitious, yeah, I've several I have really did financially man every kind of way to help, you know, the minority, that's what I am, and uh, to help people in the elder black community. And right, period. I just believe in justice.
0: You certainly have. But, so are but you, nobody
2: won't nobody nobody won't come to my you know.
0: So are you gonna hold a press conference tomorrow or have you canceled
2: that? I don't know. I'm still my lawyer's still holding back some things, but I tell you what, I talked to my lawyer. Uh President Trump says give him a chance to see what he do. I'm really thinking about this because I know the other president didn't do. I know uh Prick Winkle and uh, several people uh he, are uh, several other persons, including uh, Congressman Davis, went there to those to him and Durk uh, Durbin, and they wouldn't do it. So, and I've been a Democrat all my life, but the Democrats has really let me down. I didn't go to no Republicans because I never supported Republicans.
0: So, so might you go to Trump for help?
2: Well, I might go. He said, "Give him a chance." And I made go. Uh, look like he's. I tell you one thing. He got the economy in the best place. I ever. The best. I have a condition I've ever seen it.
0: That's because of what uh, Barack did. Well, uh, Barack Obama left it that way. He's. Well, he's why didn't he do it?
2: then? I, I don't bet not. You don't get into that because <laughs> I know one thing. That's Obama. He went there. He's rich, and I know that. I don't like that part. <laughs> I like what Clara, uh Mayor Lightfoot said. Okay. That you're on a job. You shouldn't. I hope that will all be passed. That where people go in a job especially if they're being paid by the government, that when they leave that job, it should be checked on how their financial status is when they come out.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're speaking about politicians, is that correct, Commissioner Maddell? Right,
2: politicians, you know, especially. I don't like that. You go on a job, <laughs> pull the church miles, and come out millionaire. First, you look at what else did you do there for you. Well, you know what you did for yourself. If you're a multimillionaire, you know what you must mention. I'm time doing. But I won't get in And i just say I don't like No, I don't care who it is or what your name of what color is. I do not believe in riding the taxpayers for more than your salary, and i I'm saying that, and I get the conversation I get into that, and I got proof I've been five different males before this last one has had me on the cabinet, and I've made decisions the one thing they can't accuse me of doing is milking the public. If you don't like the salary you get from the taxpayers, don't take the damn job. Excuse me. I get angry thing about it. I, know, I hate to see people go in there and come out multi-millionaire, you're and and I know. What did you do for the, well, anyway, you get me you, on this one. I don't like this one at all.
0: Commissioner, yeah. you're a very, very uh, a successful businessman, and pe- people should listen to you more, perhaps. Well, one thing they can't
2: accuse me of doing, getting on there and, oh, and being an awkward tom. That's you, one thing. they can't not Uncle me of for sure. So help me God. My grandfather told me about than that. you got to stand up what you believe. Martin Luther King said, if you can't stand up what you believe in, you did anyway. The second thing Martin Luther King said, and I'll preach it till I die. Chicago, and he's making me repeat it, is the worst segregated place and the country. Now, as many people as I help everywhere, I don't care you name them, and I hear in WAC and all, I'm going to name them, yes. And I, Father Fling, and they all, I got money for me now. They all say, well, I can't get involved with this. Uh, I, you know, I with do Uncle Tom's. Well, anyway, I'm going to fight it because it's fair. And I have had eminent lawyers, federal judges. I have a federal judge written, I said, this is exclamatory evidence, should have been given.
0: It should have been.
2: I got papers where he said this. He said "Look like they didn't give it to the grand jury. They had it.
0: And I've listened to the tape, so I know that you're innocent.
2: Well, yes, but the jury didn't know it. Shunter. The jury never got it. I know. The lawyers didn't give it. Now, I'm going to quote the jury here. That it's clipper evidence, as we know, should be tender to the jury. Yes. He said, now, we gave it to the prosecutors. They had it. Why they didn't, he said... Then he said, You know, great lawyers uh, make mistakes. So I don't know. All I know is they had it, and I'm well, 30 years now. I have been waiting and hoping that it's somebody in the president or somebody would do something.
1: Commissioner uh, Medley, I have a question. How can the on the case listeners on WVON um, be of assistance to helping you? Do they need to sign a petition to um, get your case back in?
2: Well, mm-hmm. all I can do now, I guess I talked to, uh, well, I've talked to Danny Davis and several people. They said, now the only person is Trump. I thought, oh, my God. They said, well, he's uh, got a reputation of taking people. I, I look for the what the people, Anderson Project, he said, but they still, uh, he still got to go to Trump. So I don't know right now. I don't know. I wish you could tell me what to do because. I have, uh, I was raised, really, I was really lost my family at the age of three. I'm a World War II veteran. And I chant a woman to say something. I'm not going to say what she wanted me to say. It's true, but I'm not going to be breaking out because it's got nothing to do with it. But uh I serve my country. And I haven't got, and I've, I've helped people all my life.
1: And now you're seeking justice, is that correct?
2: I'm, that's all I want is justice. And I'm not looking for nobody to give me, please, I don't need, not break, I don't need no money. I don't need nothing. I'm doing all right. I got a place to stay in a pretty good car and whatnot, I don't, and I didn't get it from the government, TV. I got a statement here that the fellow read the other day. I'm one. He say I'm the only person he know of that bought paid for the car I ride in. Well, no, I don't want the government to give me no car to ride in. I don't like that. They gave me a car, and I would not use it to go to my business. I bought and left it, bought a car, and put it in the governor's name. So I could go on government property with it, but so he help me, Medley pay for it. No, I just got a little thing about that. I don't need nobody to help me.
0: I think you're the only CTA commissioner that I have known, and I used to cover CTA among many beats that uh, paid for his uh, paid for a car and then gave it to the CTA.
2: Well, I paid for the phone too. I didn't give it to him. I paid for the phone too. Gentle look, I don't want nobody saying that sound, am it and people like to say something about me. I just want to prove. Like my grandfather said, you can be anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough, just do it honestly, that's all. I
0: know. So did they keep
2: the car? Yeah, I told them to pay me ten thousand dollars. They'd say, Oh, I'll give you three, I say keep it then, you know. No, they didn't pay me for my <laughs> car. I mean the racially motivated person see, you know, you can be an uncle Tom and they'll give you a job, but they don't like it when you when they got Uncle Tom to take your place. Well, look, I can't be. I, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll die. I'm, I'm not going to bend my to. I hate to can't use the word. I'll say N-type person. I can't. You know, my grandfather told me that word is all right because that's what the the dictionary say it is, and that's why they call us that because they want to call us that type of a person okay. without using it. They use that N word. All
0: right, we're gonna take a uh, caller. Melvin is on line one. Melvin.
3: Yes. How's everybody?
1: Hey, good okay. afternoon, Melvin.
3: Okay, uh, bring this up about uh, what's been going on this week. We lost some good. We, got, we lost a couple of good men. Good men in the, in the cloth.
0: Yes. Uh,
3: Father George Clemens. He's yep. been pretty good. I haven't heard from him in a long time. It's, it's a shame. that we had to lose somebody like that. That's a civil rights man, and right. and and he's been uh, uh, in the forefront of trying to clear these streets up it's too bad that when he was there with father George I mean father Flagan, they threw him out they they, they separated them too because he was work they were working on trying to rid this the, commun- rid the community of drugs and all that kind of drug paraphernalia and all that kind of stuff like they, the they, they, sep- they, the were,
0: they weren't separated they they were together to the end
3: oh okay I thought you know you didn't hear I didn't hear too much after that, after, you know, after he, they, he uh, got a child, you know, that adopted a child. And they did, they, they did pretty good. They made a movie about him and stuff like that. No,
0: they and, were friends to the end.
3: Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Reverend Clay Evans, um, he, uh, I've been hearing Reverend Clay Evans since I was a little kid, since I was little. And uh used to come on. And the, the greatest songs I heard, always hear from him. Every time he, every time he was sing, he sang, uh, "There's no secret what God can do," with a fellowship, and uh, uh, the other one, uh, uh, "There's room at the cross for you." And he's been doing pretty good now. I, I like the fact that back then when Martin Luther King came to Chicago, he stood up to the, to the big bosses
0: sure
3: and, the, and, and the clergy. He did. Told them, "Look, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring King." Here to Chicago. Now you figure out, and they punished him after that. They punished him for a few years because they was going to work on this new church. When they did, and uh, he brought him here uh, over the beyond the wishes of Mayor Daly and uh, uh, the, the, the Congressman Dawson and re- the rest of. Them. He they created a lot of bad things among among that. They didn't say anything till he left town. Once he left town, they fired. They punished. Clyde Evans for a few years not getting his church done, but you know once they did, he had to go play ball with the with, with the political figures because that's what he was doing. But uh, the man, uh, he's done. Clyde Evans done real good. I'm I like the fact that when he had that cancer back in the night back around '90s, back in the 90s, '92, something like that, he brought Charles Jenkins. Uh, he went went to get Charles Jenkins, brought him into Chicago, and uh, he's been with the he's been with he's been the fellowship pastor, and so that meant that Kleves uh, uh, had to step down. But hey, his cancer his cancer went to remission, and he's been still doing a lot of things. and In the meantime, Pastor Charles Jenkins been doing some things, a lot of things for his church. Yes. And
0: well, well, thank you so much, Melvin, and, for And, then,
3: and now he's got... Now, now Pastor Jenkins is going to step down.
0: Uh-huh. Je- December 31st, yes, because he wants to do other things.
3: Well, well you know, I sure feel
2: well, good I'm, that chenta has been around long enough when she was with the Defender. She know that I was very close with Evans and Farwell. Although she know that. Those are very... And I've supported him.
0: You certainly yeah. did. Okay, yeah, Melvin, well, well, thank you for your call. All right. Let's go to Jim on line two. Jim.
4: How you guys doing? Hey, Hi, Good afternoon, you? Jim. Can you hear me okay? Yes. yes. As I have a speaker, I'm sharing this conversation with a lady friend of mine. She's from Venezuela. She left the country. She was a captain, and she left, and uh, if she goes back to you to have some hard, difficult problems. And we're talking a lot about the things in the places in Venezuela where there's no electricity. There's very little food, and people aren't doing well there at all. Because the government screwed things up and this is the problem with socialism and unfortunately some of the thought of these kids today that admire socialism don't understand what they're talking about as far as what can happen when, the, when it
1: occurs. But you also had
4: mentioned before, first of all, how's your daughter by
1: the way?
0: How's who? Oh my
1: daughter's doing fine, Jim. yeah. Good. Thank okay. you. I appreciate I you for asking. All right, no
4: problem. But anyways, um you know, before in the opening of the show you talked about reducing crime. Well, you know, one of the things we have here in Chicago and in, in Illinois and, and place like California, the sanctuary city policies. And you always hear about these stories where people are being released out of jail, like in Philadelphia, for example, and people go on to kill somebody else, you know, because the ISIS is notified when people should be, uh, you know, deported out of the country after they did their initial uh, crime serving time. Mm-hmm. And this is one of all these things are part of the reason why there's more crime in these heavily democratically controlled areas, because the sanctuary city policy causes crime. And so when people say, well, we want to eliminate crime, then let's eliminate sanctuary city policies, but you won't do that either
0: now you know I don't agree with that, but that's your opinion
4: <laughs> well I mean I'll send you some cases of people that have gone out to kill people where they they weren't unnotified they weren't picked up by ice because the detainers the, the weren't under you know there's tons of stories like that okay and so what do you what do you say the victims of people whose family members have been killed by somebody that should have been removed well,
0: I think the the killings that are going on now it's 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 in in neighborhoods, it's in black neighborhoods, it's in Hispanic neighborhoods, and in white neighborhoods, too. And
4: well, so, and I know, the suburbs. but a lot of it is done by people that should be are hear.
0: getting pretty bad, too. It's now, all also, over, like Jim. You, I'm sorry? It's all over, Jim.
4: Well, and that's part of the reasons because this stuff is 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 approved by these people in some of these states No, and you know
0: the problem. Easy access to guns. You know that well, is the main problem. Well, that's not the only
4: problem. You know, actually, concealed people, people that have concealed carry, have a higher higher incidence of crime-free life than even a lot of ex-military people do. Okay. But, anyways, one more thing. Candace Owens, you know who she is? Who? Candace Owens. I'll send you a link to your cell phone. Okay. She did an interview with a guy. It's called called, uh, um, Black Lives Matter, and it's a very good interview with this other fellow who talks a lot about, like your previous caller did, how nothing's been done. People in the neighborhoods for all these years by all these Democrats because they don't do things, and this is one of the reasons why people are going to Trump.
0: All right. Okay, Jim. Thank you for your remarks.
4: It's always a pleasure. I'll send you some information. Okay,
0: thank we'll you. We'll talk about it soon. Let's okay, go to you. Brother Bye. Hall. Hello. Hi, Brother Hall.
1: How are good you? Good afternoon, Brother Hall.
5: Uh, all right. Good good afternoon to you all. First of all, let me just thank you, Tinta. To, to, for your foresight of understanding the dry bones up under the viaducts. We really, really certainly salute you and Reverend Jackson and that team for your outreach. We appreciate it. Um, uh, and we'll continue to do more and, uh, as we network with each other. Uh, but let me also say as a person that was around in 86, 85, 86 at CTA, uh, I am ter- totally disturbed that here's a man, now I personally know this, here's a man that you have on the panel that done everything in the world, for any that anyone that he could help, he would help. And I'm speaking none other than uh, Howard Metley. I I remember when I, I was a spotter at CTA, put over there by the administration of Washington administration, right? I remember when we were suspecting that a lot of money was coming up missing and we wanted to know how. Well, we found out how. It was coming out of Archer Garage in 77. It was Howard Metley that discovered a lot of this, that brought it to the attention. Do you recall, Commissioner, all that money they were stealing that was
2: up on the second floor of 77th Street? Yes, and I do, and I knew it was going the wrong direction, too. It was Absolutely. all going to black Absolutely. like they claim. I remember right, that. right, right, right. And, and so what I'm saying, tenta is that, see, they've been running the
5: game. He's not a Tom, as he said. As long as they can put somebody in there that'll turn their head, that's what they'll do. Do you know how long they were taking money out of Archer? You know what they were doing, tenta What? They were pulling up the buses right before going with the camera. They'll take another bus and take that bus on around, pull it out, pull that bus in, take that other bus back to shop. And they'll empty those, uh, at that time, the, the machines. And who knows where that money went? I know where so, it was going. Oh, yeah, I know you do, uh, Commissioner. All I'm saying is I, that. I, I found out it was going way up the ladder. It wasn't all being just down there with the black. Absolutely. Absolutely. So all I'm saying is that, listen, I wanted to call and, and just say to you, brother, you go to your grave with what you believe in because we who know you understand that you've always been a man of character and we appreciate you. You've always served the black community. You make no I'm sure you're not anti, but I know that you're a pro. And I thank you for all your services that you've done. And I just wanted to call to say that and Tinta we'll be talking a little later on down the road. Cool? Thank you. All right. Thank
0: you for your call. You welcome Okay. Um Commissioner you want to comment on that?
2: Now I just want to say is uh uh my grandfather raised me and several things between he and Robert Martin Martin Luther King, I have to repeat. If you can't stand up for what you believe in, you dead anyway, Chanta. I yes. believe in justice. I believe in treating people the way I just I can't help it. I was real that way. And I'm not gonna change it. You can't Uncle Tom and buy me something because that's gonna change. See, now I'm not I'm just saying is a lot of people out here. Give you something, and unfortunate people have made it bad. Then you get in there and give you a car and a little authority, and that's it. And like they, old man daily told me, he said, when he hate to give blacks a job, and then they move out the neighborhood and this and that, that's what he said. I didn't say that. He said, because just stay. if you're a judge, live, a fellow living next to a the judge, they ain't going to move. They're living next to a judge. A plan, a plan, a different job. He said, "Why do they always move out the neighborhood?" He said, "I will put them in after help. He said, "I really appreciate." It. He appreciated the fact that he made me election commissioner, and I didn't move, and I was, you know, helped helping blacks. I didn't. I was doing pretty good myself. Just helped put on different people, and he really liked that. I, I, anyway, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do nothing else. So Martin Luther King said, "Also, if you can't stand up what you believe in, you're dead anyway." I like those people. Okay. Because I got to stand firm. Yes, I've been mistreated. I would would take to prison, you know, I had to do another thing. And racially motivated people got me in prison and gave me an operation. Which, anyway, you know, because the word was out that I was not on Katam that they really messed with me there.
0: No, I understand.
2: Yeah, um, I've been damaged forever, you know. I, but uh, what can I say, as I said?
0: Well, I'm thinking, well I have to
2: let me quote Martin Luther King, this is the worst city, racially motivated city I have ever been in, and I've been to a lot of them because here when you do something, you don't have enough black or I don't people to stand up for you.
0: That's true, that's true. Uh, I also wanted to announce that Reverend Jackson had a press conference today at twenty six in California. He was very, very disturbed over uh, how this twenty nine year old Bernard Kirsch was body slammed. By a Chicago police officer right. last weekend at uh, 79th and Cottage Grove, beca- allegedly because he spit on him and uh, cursed him. I mean, is there a law against spitting on someone? But he's, now he's been charged with one count of aggravated battery of a police officer, misdemeanor charges for assault, drinking at a bus stop, and resisting arrest. But he was body slammed.
2: I've heard, I've heard a, a, a policeman tell me, if you want to be off, now do something to a black, shoot him, do something, and you get off with your pay. He said that's one way to get a vacation. I, I, I couldn't believe a policeman told me that. To, uh, two policemen together, we were talking about that. Yeah. You know, as long as they give you a vacation, all you got to do is go out and knock him, you know, do something to a black man and get a vacation. I mean, that do sound, but I, you know, I. That's bad, though. I hate it to sounds that's is, that is It
1: sound, sounds disturbing.
0: It sounds racist to me.
2: This but, e- yeah, but you got to stop. How are you getting a man a vacation? So what we'll take him for his Then if he found out he wouldn't give it. Don't keep nobody on the payroll that's accused. Oh, I, I can't. Uh, oh, no, I well, can't.
0: Well, you know, the union, the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police is responsible for that. You can't even interview if a, if a police officer shoots you. You can't interview him for 24 hours because of the FOP and their rules.
2: I hope someone get in there to straighten this place out. Well, you know, Brian, Brian, uh, Jane Byrne put me on the police brutality committee, you know. I don't know why, but people, there's two times. I have been two different mayors as a me to the police uh, committee uh, and to be head of it uh, because of brutality, and et cetera. And I, they, I, don't, I didn't ask for the job, so I never asked any of them. But they put me on there because of the way brutality was in the police department. You remember when Jane Byrne made me chairman of Chicago Police Brutality Committee? Yes. Well, they Daley put me before that. I mean, I don't—I didn't ask for any of these jobs. I never asked for a job. When they wanted to get these things, because I guess one thing they know, you wasn't going to buy me. You couldn't give me a car or something and stop me from talking. At least one thing they know. And so help me, God, I would, but tell the rest so life is in my body, my conscience, I got a conscience. You can't buy me like that, cause you know. No, for God, I don't you want to talk about. It. Make me mad.
0: Well, in this in this case, uh, I, the, the use of the emergency takedown is what they call it was right. totally out of order. But uh, let's take Milton on line two. Milton, Come on. Welcome to on the case. Okay. Right. Milton, all are you there? Yes. First of all, there of job, I we, I can't all hear you. Are you on the speaker?
6: Uh, no.
0: Okay, speak close to the phone, okay?
6: Can
0: you hear me now? Milton, I hear an echo talking the phone.
6: Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. First of all, the police were established to put black people, black, on the plantation. The police were established against black people. They don't mean a black man any good. Uh-oh?
0: I'm
6: here. Uh-oh. I'm, listen- I'm listening. Yes. I am 72-year-old tiny baby. I was born in Chicago. I have never heard of a black man in Chicago killing a white man or committing a crime against a white man like these police are doing these black people on these streets.
0: Well, it's happening. You know, it's happening.
6: No, I don't know what's happening. I never heard of a black man killing a white man in this city.
0: Well, you had a black man who killed a cop last year. Remember at, at 100 West Randolph, right at the State of Illinois building.
6: No, I don't. I don't. I didn't hear. It. I didn't hear about that. A black man killed a cop.
0: Yeah, it was a big, big story for days.
6: Is he dead? Have they executed
0: him yet? No, they haven't no, executed him didn't
2: yet. Execute him. He must be somewhere <laughs> in hiding. Then <laughs> I, mean, I don't believe it.
0: So thank you for your call, sir. Well, Commissioner. Yeah. So what is your next step now?
2: Well, look like, I look like I'm gonna have to go tell Trump to give him a chance. He said, "Give him a chance." I've got some people I really hate to go that way, although, like I said, I'll even go for You name them. I am a father fling, and I, I am called. I have to be honest and call names. I don't like to, but I'm telling the truth. The people will not take my case. They say, oh, you ain't being heard." Judge, of course, has done better than anybody else. He was the presiding jury. He said, exclapatory evidence was given to your lawyers. He said, of course, good lawyers, great lawyers makes mistakes. So I can't get no one to stand up for me and my black community. Yeah, I don't like it. Now, I read a, a paper the other day where someone had said that uh push run out of money, and couldn't meet the payroll. Camp. That's right. They came to me. Whenever you came to me, I met the payroll. I was pretty pretty good businessman, and I didn't ask for nothing back. But today, I just can't get nobody to stand up. And the Barrett, they were going to make me the chairman. I mean, our lifetime time Person of A P.
0: Well, well I Commissioner, Commissioner I, I know for a fact that some of the people you have mentioned, they did try. They did, they did try. what? They did try.
2: Well, I don't see no, stand up, you don't know, don't give up. Stand up, raise. I will have a, I won't call it a name. Federal judge told me, as many people as I've heard, and I'm going to quote him, people should be in the door of the federal building waiting and, and marching against what what they did to me. I know.
0: Uh, but but they did try, including Tony Preckwinkle. She did try.
2: Oh Tony Preckwinkle and, and, and uh Co- Congressman Danny uh, Davis Davis mm-hmm. got over to Judge uh got over to, to uh the uh, Dave uh, uh what is Durbin he called me and told me he was gonna look in that they showed him exculpatory evidence.
0: But they did but they did try. My point they is tried, they
2: tried, but try. you can't give up. You have to keep going. You can't suppose I gave up on, on helping the people at CTA. I didn't give up. They got rid of me, though. I didn't give up. I they how oh, I can't give up. Uh, you believe
1: it. So committed. You just want to see some effort taking place, right? Ah, uh, you want to see effort?
2: Well, um, yeah. I want to look. I want to clear my name. I have to. I have to quote the Bible here again to you. Some, I mean, uh, Proverbs twenty-two: A good name. It's better to be chosen, and rather be chosen, than great riches of gold. So I got that my family. My grandfather raised eight kids, and nobody ever knew what jail was. I raised four, and not bragging, but nobody ever minded even in charge of a crime. I do believe charity begins at home and spreads abroad. I think if you raise them right, well, once in a while, yeah. But if you raise them right and believe in it, you're not going to be bothered with a whole...
0: Whole lot of crime in your house. Well, I understand that, but I don't want you to give up on people who have tried. I have tried to help you. In fact, I got the. I helped to get those uh, those FBI tapes.
2: Um, I, you did everything you could. I have to give you. you to my point in saying, but
0: my my point in saying that, (laughs) my point in saying that, Commissioner is that. and then we've got to we've got to go because I have another guest who's going to be calling in.
2: I understand,
0: uh, but I, I don't want you to give up on those people because they did try. I tried. And I think I made a big dent in in this whole effort. Uh,
2: you have I- did you did more than these people with all this money and title holders. Yes. You did a lot more than they did. If you could, I know you have been a decent person. You and uh, a, a, a lot of people, in I can't call their names here. But I'll say Congressman Davis, Winkle, Sean. I could just go on and call them, but uh, <laughs> I can't give up though.
0: I
1: know. And and don't give up, Commission. I, w- I just want to say to the listeners out there that's been listening to this conversation, you know, I can go online on Facebook and I see all the um, pictures of Father Clemens and um, Pastor Clay Evans. I just want to say to them, we have a legend on the line with us, and I want you all to honor him and help him as well.
2: Okay. Well, I want you to understand Father Clegg and, and, and all those guys are very, very close to me. Clay Evans, I, boy, I, I could talk over there. This guy, they were civil. We were civil rights workers, all of us. We were civil rights workers. I know,
0: we, but, but we were we part time ha- either. But we have to go, Commissioner Howard Medley. I'm still praying for you that you clear your family's name because I know you were innocent.
2: Well, the last thing I'm going to say, I have to agree with, uh, uh, Martin Luther King. I was there, and he was this place, and people spitting and throwing. He looked around and said, "Boy, wow, I never see that man's eyes right now." He said, boy, these people are serious here. Wow, I never saw nothing like this, he said. I was there.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you Commissioner. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, we're going to briefly take Bishop Wade Hudson. He has an announcement, and then we're going to be hearing from Attorney Ernesto Borges on a very important topic. Uh, Bishop
1: Hudson?
7: Yes, good, good afternoon. How you doing?
1: Good afternoon, okay. Bishop. I'm Bishop.
7: You uh, have an announcement uh, not- to make? Oh, my announcement um, uh, I want to make is that uh, I'm hosting a Stop the Violent Conference in Chicago next year, March 6th through the 8th, 2020, at the McCormick Place. And um, this is a Stop the Violent Conference uh, called All Lives Matter, Conference 2020. And we are looking for everybody who have children, doesn't matter what race, creed, and color, please uh, come around, rest bright, red right now. And... uh It's going to be a great thing Friday evening we're kicking off. We're going to have a a lot of artists coming through Saturday and Sunday we're closing out. And I'm pushing this thing right now because we always talk about stop the violence, stop the violence. we hosted this thing free. This is a free conference for three days. And uh, we also, if you're going to Eventbrite, we're also asking for different other people to sponsor certain things for these kids if they want to, if they have the ability to. But this conference is what God put in my heart to do, and we are hosting this for our children of Chicago. Bishop uh, Wade Hudson, and this event is
1: yes. part of a, of a healing process in the city of Chicago?
7: Yes, it is. This is part of the healing process because I'm still getting the messages every day, somebody being kidnapped, somebody being killed. And uh, it's just getting ridiculous. But I would like people to understand, this is also the mentoring and coming back together uh, conference where parents and children can come back together because we are losing our youth so fast. Okay. Yes, sir. All
0: right. So how does pe- how do people get in touch with you to get more information?
7: Uh, well, they can go on Gloria Divinity 2019 at Outlook.com, or they can call me personally, 312-479-4862, or leave a message at my church at Moses Temple, h H&M Church of Holiness uh, at 5845 South State Street, there's different ways you can get in contact with me. And, so there's,
1: and, and there's, once you get your artists together as far as the lineup, I'll be happy to post it on our website at 316magazine.com.
7: I appreciate that, and thank you. And thank you for supporting us, too. uh Kid Huntley. I appreciate that because these kids, they always talk about these artists, but I want them to see them in person, too. So let them know what they have to do in their life. It's not about the glamour and glory all the time. It's about the struggle they went through.
0: Okay. You know. Thank you so much, Bishop Hudson. You know, 316, we love you.
7: Oh, I know you do. And thank you again, Sean. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you, Bishop. Thank you. Uh, now thank you. we have uh, on the live line, Attorney Ernesto Borges. He's going to be talking about the marijuana business uh, is booming, but guess what? It's locking out black folks. Good afternoon, Attorney Borges. Uh, good
8: afternoon, Chinta. Okay, I understand uh,
0: you're ahead. going to be testifying before the city council uh, committee next uh,
8: week. I intend to. I was asked to. Uh, that's that's this coming Wednesday. And I would encourage everyone to come out to, uh, to come to city hall. What time? Uh, at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And uh, to discuss this, this inequity uh, and this injustice that is about to happen. Why is
0: it an uh, injustice?
8: Well, it's an injustice because if you look at today's Tribune alone, uh, it talks about this going into effect, uh, the selling of recreational marijuana, into effect on uh, January first, one one month from today. And they talked about how the lines are going to be so long, uh, in at least dispensary thirty three, and that uh, they, had to, you know, Cranes uh, Cranes newspaper, business newspaper, put out an article next last week saying that just in the first year alone, going to be about five hundred and fifty million dollars of revenue to the state of Illinois. Uh, and thereafter, two and a half billion to three billion dollars is going to be generated from the sale of, of marijuana. Now, I'm not a proponent of, of selling marijuana or of, uh, using it or in any, any of the above, but this is a business, uh, matter. And is a, it is a business that we have been locked, locked up and locked out. And now we're locked out of, uh, participating in this. The, the medical, uh, medical marijuana people have been, um uh, at this for three years. They've already got a three year jump. Now they're going to be given another six month head start before anyone else can get into business. And there's zero participation from the black this uh, budding business, no pun intended. But there are billions of dollars generational wealth that we are being uh from which we are being excluded. I think we are the ones who've been impacted most. We have hundreds of thousands of people who have criminal records as a result of marijuana possession or some small amount of marijuana sales. So the deal was made. We will allow you to expunge your your records of your people, but in it in in return, we want an additional six month uh, 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 jump on everybody else they've They've got three years to have perfected the sale of marijuana, at least on a medicinal basis, but it's a flip of the switch for them to switch over to to go to recreational. They have their um, relationships with the cultivators, the growers, the transporters, and they're going to have another before anybody else even gets in the business. And I think it's just unconscionable. Um, this state, this is something uh, past state, but the city of Chicago could say, look, Uh, We're not going to sell it within the boundaries of of the city of Chicago unless you have some minority participation, some black participation. Ownership, and I don't mean just making $15 an hour, which is they're saying, well, we're going to give these people jobs and they can make $15 an hour. While you're making billions, we're making $15 an hour? So there is such an inequity here, and we know that in the past we've had mayors who said look blacks have to have 30% of the business or 35% of the business in the city of Chicago and now we have zero it's like we're going backwards here and this is a great uh time to say look we're going to start up again uh, toward the, the days of, of Harold Washington when he insisted that we be a part of the part of the mix and i think that people some people don't understand what uh what we're losing here Uh, We're going to be consumers. Again, you know, we're relegated to being the consumers and not the owners. I mean, if you look around, you look at the gas stations, you look at the uh, Dunkin' Donuts, you look at the liquor stores, you look at uh, various stores in our community, and we have no ownership. And, again, uh, they want to get the prime locations. They've got the the relationships built in. They can exclude everybody, even if we get a, a license six months from now, July the 1st, you're going to be at an extreme disadvantage from it, from those that have been in the business for three and a half years. All
1: right, let's so
8: go I say you. that we need to stop this juggernaut.
1: Well, Ms., Ms., uh-huh. uh, Mr. Go Borges, ahead. I yeah. agree 100% with you as far as ownership, blacks owning uh, dispensaries in the city of Chicago, as whether it's marijuana, but I do have to say that is a huge subject matter concerning ownership in the city of Chicago because you look at, like you, you went to the story of liquor stores, um, just different business owners. It, right. it's, it's, it's such a problem It is in our city. Okay. You know.
0: well, let's take Reverend Witherspoon online, too. We're running out of time here. Whether Reverend Witherspoon. God bless you. God bless you.
9: How are you, you doing?
0: OK, hey, good thank you.
9: Yeah, that's that marijuana. Anyway, I used to smoke marijuana. They had me hallucinate. I used to smoke okay. in high school. I think it was okay. a bad idea. They passed the law. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to cause a lot of problems for our black community. And then the ownership. Why are all white people that own uh, going own the the they're the competent. That's unfair right there. And you're gonna pass these license let the black own the the shop the sale they will They're like the same with the liquor license. And too ain't too many black owned liquor license. And affect of the black community Huh.
8: It's time to stop it. <laughs> It's time to, and this is Let's stop, it. Let's stop at the beginning of 2020, a new decade, a new day, a new year, and we need uh. to stop this from happening. Well,
0: do you, what do you want yeah. the aldermen to do?
8: Uh, I want them to, to get together, coalesce, uh, build coalitions. There are 20 black aldermen and a black mayor. They need to say, look, we are not, we are going to stop uh, the sale of this within the city limits of Chicago. You can't control the rest of the state, but you can certainly stop it within the city of yeah. Chicago. Yeah. That's just some black participation ownership, not just working at 15 bucks an hour. And it's, it's shameful. It's just shameful that this billion-dollar business, we're being shut out when it's at its infancy stage. And again,
9: again, we're shut out.
0: Commissioner Witherspoon? Uh, Reverend Witherspoon?
9: Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, because it's it's destroying our people. The, the Bible said my people perish for lack of knowledge, not like a man. We need knowledge and, and and need knowledge over our spirit man. But know that God is not pleased with these law, these racial Jim Crow law that we've been fighting over four hundred years and never dealing. People got demons in them. These are strongholds that our community mm. ripped up, tired for years. And we just come together, organize, and come and get this two-fold devil. And people, the politicians are doing their job, they all make decisions, but we want our community. We make our own decisions, but we want our community. No more, we got enough liquor stores. Now they're going to legalize marijuana.
1: Thank you, yeah. Reverend with, with the school. Yeah. I have Thank to, you. to say, Thank um, you so much. Mr. Borges, I just want to say, go back to you. In the subject matter concerning the um, the Amer- America marijuana, I just want to say, even the business owners in the uh, predominantly alder- well black wards, where there being so little, um, you know, business owners that are black. So, what do you say right. regarding that matter? Because we can have a a, a press conference with all the black aldermen concerning what's going on. But here again, we have um in their ward, there's not many black owners.
8: Right, right, right. And we need some economic power. We need to to find a mechanism for helping uh, black businesses, and th- this is, I'm not, you know, promoting the sale of marijuana, but it's just, this is just another instance where we have been excluded, and we need to uh, have some effort to make sure we have black-owned gas stations, uh, um, um, black-owned businesses that, you know, I have talked to some immigrants, and they say the easiest way, when you come to America, open up a shop in the black community, because they don't know how to run a business, and that's what they do. They come here. They target black communities. They set up shop. They get help from from their relatives and the other people in their community. Come into our community and take the money back uh, out there to the suburbs or what have you.
0: Well, they know and the secret. G- uh, I mean, all uh, all the men. I'm sorry, I'm calling you everything <laughs> except what you are, Attorney <laughs> Borges. I had an Arab merchant who once tell me it's so easy to set up shop in the black community because we know their secret. They like to eat and drink.
8: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and don't take care of business, and they target they target these uh, black communities. And now they're going to come in with their marijuana shops. They're going to take over the prime locations, lock us out. Even if we get a license, we're going to have to buy it at a higher price. We probably won't get the same quality that, that the uh, people in the business already get, and they're going to have the prime locations, and they have the money. You can't get an SBA loan because that's federal. You can't deal with anything federal, even an FDIC uh, bank, federal insured bank So you've got to have the cash uh, and We have black people who have the cash But they've been excluded And we need to stop it We need to stop start a new we decade We have
0: just a few minutes left So how much are the okay. permits?
8: How much? Well, the application is If you live in a, a disproportionately to, uh, affected we're, we're area We're out of time I know it's out
0: of, it's just, okay, it's out of money right.
8: But thank okay. you so all much right. Well, journey, thanks so much you thank, thank you, you so
0: much And good yeah. luck uh, Wednesday okay. Don't, right, forget the 10 10 o'clock Don't forget to um, call Dr. Zenobia well at 312-944-9355. She is sponsoring our show. Kent and I wish you a great week next week. Kent.
1: Well, thank you all for listening to on the On The
9: Case. Talk of Chicago and the voice of the nation. 1690 WVON Berwyn, Chicago.